Hey, what's going on, guys? It's your boy Stevie G here at Seamless Garage. Back with another episode of the Seamless Garage podcast. Along with me, I've got a good friend of mine, been a friend of mine for a long time, Mr. Ben Stewart. What's going on? What's going on, man? Enjoy you. Uh, appreciate you having me on here. I'm excited to get in here and talk about these topics and discuss the world of mechanics, man. Love, uh, been listening to your podcast for a while. Figured this time I. Come throw my two cents in, brother. I appreciate it, man. I really do. I respect uh, your look on things. You've taught me a lot of things in the field, too, and probably vice versa. And oh, yeah. it's uh, That's what I love about this field, man, is we can bounce things off each other. Uh, why don't you give them a little background of, you know, how you started in the mechanic field and all that good stuff. All right. Well, uh, when I was a younger kid, my father and grandfather both did small engine repair. Had a couple different small engine repair uh, shops, if you will. Uh, so I was always around tools and tinkering and taking stuff apart, putting stuff back together. A uh, little after high school, I got a job as an oil changer and just kind of kept rolling from there with right. oil changes to tire shops to minor mechanic shops and then wound up in the de- uh, dealer world and then got out of that for a while and then went back to it and just been here and there and everywhere, man. Right. It's kind of that ladder, right? Like you always start out as Express or something, man. Yep. So many technicians that I, I talk to, technicians and mechanics I talk to, they're like, they weren't even really interested in cars, but they got in, got a job as an oil changer, and then mm-hmm. boom, it just opened up the world, man. So That's kind of the, the, the way it started with me. I wasn't necessarily ever a gearhead, uh, anything like that. You know, I like tinkering with stuff. I like taking stuff apart and knowing how it, how it works and yeah. what makes it tick, but... Um, as far as just really being into cars, you know, I never really did anything other than work on my own stuff, you know, when it broke down or whatever, I'd have a, my mom's boyfriend at the time or, you know, somebody else's dad over there, hey, you know, this is what you got to do to fix it, let's take this part. down the road, yeah. Yeah, kind of, you know, give you the, the guidelines of it. Um, but man, I've been in the field actually making money doing mechanic work for, oh Lord, we're going on. Close to 20 years now. Man. So. Man. That's a career, too, man. That's mm-hmm. a while. Been a minute. Been a minute. It's only been, I think, I think uh, it's been 10 for me, mm. officially, like professionally. You yeah. Know what I mean, after UTI, because I graduated UTI at the end of 2011, so. Okay. Maybe not quite 10 just yet. But yeah, man, it's great to have you on. You got a great insight on everything, man. Like I said, we've, talked, we've discussed, you know, off air before about a lot of things. Oh, yes, we have. Regarding the field, the, the goods, the bads, the uglies. So, let's get into this. I, I sent him a couple topics, sent you a couple topics, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, figured you'd have some good input on these because, you know, you've been in the field for 20 years. So, the first one I want to go across is, like, the state of the current field, like, how it is now, like, what's going on currently, how do you feel about it? You know, I mean, that type of deal, and we can kind of roll off of that. Yeah. Um, well, right now, there's there's several aspects of that, but I guess where I would start is the actual mechanics of it. Um, cars are starting to change. You're getting a lot of, you know, hybrid material, you're getting a lot of uh, reinventing of the wheel, so to speak, yeah, and, and things are, are moving toward a more technological age. Um, they're trying to make everything, you know... Uh, one of the words we use at our shop, and I've heard other people, is trying to make everything idiot-proof. You know, yeah. there's a light tells you when to do everything. There's a sensor for everything. There's, 
it's making it to where you have to have zero knowledge to maintain your car, right. which I don't necessarily agree with, but I understand why they're going there because the general public has no clue what they're doing. Right. Um, the problem with that is you're going to run into so many electrical problems. I call it chasing a ghost in the machine, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. a phantom code, or one tiny little baby bad connection on one pin of a connector can cause havoc mm-hmm. with the whole electrical system. Or uh, one little nick in a wire from a rat chewing on it, or one bent wire from a bad uh, body repair. Mm-hmm. You chase so many ghosts in the machine with so many electrical components now that I think it's kind of almost detrimental to the field in the fact of how long it takes technicians to find these little tiny little tinks. Mm-hmm. It could take you hours upon hours to look for something that could have easily been avoided with five minutes of work previously. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, mm-hmm. and that kind of ties into the next thing I'm thinking about the field is there is such a shortage of technicians and guys that are actually wanting to get in there and get their hands dirty. Man. So many guys want to come in uh, excuse my language, just want to sit on their ass all day and accept mm-hmm. the check. And, you know, it's fine. You know, you, you have your days where you're a little slow. You kind of get caught, get caught up, organize your tools, clean your area, and kind of have an easy day. Right. But most of the time, you want to stay busy. You want to be underneath that hood making money. Um, and there's so many guys that, you know, I see them, you know, say shop opens up at 730. These guys come rolling in about 830, dragging their feet, mm-hmm. half-dressed, you know, then they go get a cup of coffee and go chit-chat with the girls up front and go get the newspaper and sit down and read the paper. And it's 10 o'clock before they ever touch a Yeah, it takes forever for them to get started. Yes. Me, you know, my shop opens the door at 7.30. We're going at 7.30. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have people there waiting to come in the, the, the door when we open. So we are humping it at yeah. 7.30. Yeah. So we come in. We're ready to go. By 7.30, when that door opens, we're ready to go. We're dressed. We're, we've got everything going. We've got the bays open. We've got the... Lights and air compressor on, and we're ready to rock and roll. 7.30, mm-hmm. right? You know, hit the ground running. And there's so many people that can't do that, that can't get self-motivated. Yeah. And with the newer generation, I, I sound like an old man, but I'm, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Uh, the new generation of, of people coming into the workforce, the work ethic just isn't there. I don't know if it's just never instilled in them or just a generational gap between, you know, we were raised... Stevie, I know you were raised the same way. As if you mm-hmm. want something, get out there and earn it. You have to, man. You got to go bust your hump. And you Nothing's earn given. It. Nothing's given. You got to earn everything you get in this world. And I think on a lot of younger people, that's lost. Is well, you know, I can I can just do the bare minimum, get by, and I can get the same as everybody else. No, if you want something good, go out there and get it. Go earn it. Be proud of what you have. Man, um, that's all you've got. You exactly. Know, that's all you've got. You know, that's at the end of the day, it's you, and that's all you've got, man. And uh, I think you hit on something that hasn't occurred to me. I've had this thought in my head of what's causing it. Man, to be honest with you, that's a big that's a big driver of this channel. It's like I'm trying to figure out where we went wrong, why there's nobody coming into the mechanic field, why is there, you know, all of it. Like there's just nobody coming to the mechanic field, and when they do, it's because they think it's an easy job, and then they find out it's not. Like, you got to have a love for this. you got to have a love for it. you got to have a, a <clears throat> strong backbone, a thick skin, and you also have to have that willingness to embrace the suck sometimes because yep. this job, in, by and large, there's going to be days where this job straight up sucks. Mm-hmm. You know, car gives you hell. You get shocked or cut or pinched or stabbed mm-hmm. or something. Yep. Uh, you know, somebody in the shop, gets hurt, one of your coworkers gets hurt and that affects you, messes mm-hmm. with you, or somebody gets, 
you know, a piece of equipment fails and really injures somebody. I mean, that stuff will, yeah. will swim around on you. Like, man, the environment in general, right? Yeah, the environment. You, know, you could have been underneath that rack five minutes ago, and then it falls on a guy mm-hmm. five minutes after you walk away. Yeah. You know, God forbid that ever happens. It's very rare, but very rare. things can happen. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, the environmental factors of sometimes it's, you know, in the wintertime, it can get freezing cold in the shop, mm-hmm. and you're trying to work on something, your fingers are numb. Yeah, you can't uh, feel anything. Or, you know, it's raining, and you have to go listen for a drivability noise. Yeah. It's impossible. Or a brake concern. Or a brake noise. Anything. Um, or, you know, here in Texas, this extreme heat that we deal with on a daily basis. Triple yeah. digits every day. Mm-hmm. And Feels like an oven in the shop. It is an oven. It literally is because most shops are made of metal walls and a metal ceiling. And You walk outside and get a, have a breath of fresh air. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you can put as many fans on you you want all day, but it's just going to blow a hot area. Mm-hmm. So you just got to learn to get your body acclimated to that and be able to understand that that's another pressure of this job. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is like the mental, the mental, like, excuse my language, mental mind fuck of the feast or famine. Like when I came to this, everybody told me it's feast or famine. Like mm-hmm. some weeks you're going to kill it and make a lot of hours. I know, I know, I think you're hourly now. I right? am hourly and I'm blessed so, for that. Yeah. So. so like if you can get an hourly shop, that's great. But a lot of them are still flag time. And so sometimes it's feast or famine, whether you're flagging. A lot of hours, 60, 70, 80 hours, maybe more, you know, if you're just a killer. And then there's some weeks where you're flagging 15, 20 hours if it's just dead, man. Oh, yeah. And you've got to learn to manage your money that way. You can't oh, yeah. live week by week yeah, in this no, style of work. Not on that that system. It's, it is the dealership world, especially in flag time shops, especially, are a feast or famine type world. Um, and you'll have, uh, I like to call it group of sharks. You'll have a few technicians and maybe a couple of the service riders that'll kind of stick together like a little clique. Right. And, you know, they'll hold on to all the work they get. They're not going to spread the wealth around the shop. So they may be eating steak and you're struggling with your ramen noodles one day. And <laughs> that's, that's not going to change their mindset. They're going to be, yeah. well, I got mine. He should get his. Yeah. It can't be like that. That's not a way to make this business survive. Yeah. And that's something we'll talk about here later is like ways to change this stuff. Exactly. But, yeah, that's, that's what I wanted to ask because I thought you were on the same mindset as me is like, about the mechanic thing i'm just trying to figure it out man and like i said i think you hit it on the head with the with the the work ethic not being taught and i don't know if you listened to that episode i can't remember which one it was actually i was talking about i think it's a a lack of coming outside i noticed i noticed this in my hometown which is just one town over here in Mm -hmm. overton um I've been riding BMX bike for a while right now right and so that's the town i like to ride around sometimes okay i don't see any kids outside man Hardly yeah. ever, bro. We were all outside, dude. Oh, yeah. Like, and it's because we were working on our bikes. We were building stuff. I was building yeah. ramps. We are just doing we're just Building forts in the woods. Stuff, and, and, now, and, I, and I don't want to hate on it because I was a gamer, too. But guess what? I gamed at night when I, when I had to come inside. Exactly. And I feel like they're inside all the time now. And yeah. it's, it's not hating on technology. I know things change. But I think that's part of it, man. It's people don't know how to use their hands. They don't exactly. know what to do with their hands. They don't have that... Work ethic, they're not used to being hot outside. Bro, I stayed outside yeah. until it was dark and I had that, to come in. That was our rule. You come home and let street light come on. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. So there's that. I don't know. Is there anything else in your head that like that, that times are changing that can cause this shortage of mechanics? Um, well, with the current state of you know the unemployment and how there's almost now more incentive to stay home and be unemployed than there is to go out and get a job. Um and I'm hoping, you know, this is getting into politics and stuff like that, but I'm just hoping we have some kind of change to where that can finally wane the other way. I want to see 
people put back to work. I'm tired of everywhere I go seeing a now hiring sign and they're short staffed and the service goes to hell. Yeah. And it's everywhere you go. Yeah, you, In, you know, stores, um, even customer service on the phone and websites and stuff like that. It's all gone to the wayside mm-hmm. because just no one wants to work. They're too incentivized to stay home and sit on the couch. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing that's going to turn around. Like you said, not to be political, that's going to be what turns it around is incentivizing people to go back to work. Exactly. That's what's going to it's going to take. Um, but you know, not to get too deep into that because that can get serious. Oh you yeah. You know, but it just other than that, like before COVID, like is when you think about it, I guess that's really it, huh? It's just a it's just a work ethic thing, man. I feel like I there's, mean I don't know what else it could be. There's other less than, of it. There's less. You know, I brought this up before, and I hate to beat a dead horse, but I also think it, there's a there's a uh, what do you call it? There's a stigma towards mechanics. I think you're gonna know what I'm talking about, dude. In in movies especially, the yeah. broke guy is the mechanic, ain't he? Yeah. He's he's a broke guy. He's broke, I mean, the, he's the, dumb, he's usually yeah. an alcoholic or a drug. Dirty all the time. Filthy, yeah. He lives um, in a shack, has a horrible wife and a horrible life. He's a drinker and he beats up his wife. It's always yes. that way. Like think about that movie The Bucket List, man. Oh yeah. The broke guy was the yeah. was the was the poor guy, right? Because mm-hmm. he was a mechanic. Yeah, and that's how they always portray us as broke. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there that turn wrenches that, I mean, make bank bank. I'm telling you, man. You can make, and even, not everybody wants to make a lot of money. Everybody just wants to make a living, man. A lot of people do. You can make a living with this. You can make a living Mm -hmm. and not need anybody's help. You can live off this. I know so many people, man. Easily live off this. You just have to be good at what you do. Mm -hmm. You just have to be good at what you do. It's not, I mean, you do have to be good at what you do. You're not wrong. But it's so much more of being honest, upfront, and decent at what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to screw people over. I mean, I see, I'm not going to name names, but I've seen so many shops do the, you know, squirt an oil can down on a strut to tell someone, hey, your strut's leaking, we need to change your struts. Yeah. There's nothing wrang with it. They just squirted it Very down Very disingenuous. Yeah, disingenuous, dishonest work or, you know, shops that'll sell you a, you know, some type of transmission, coolant service, and it's nothing more than them pouring a one-ounce bottle of conditioner into the right. tank. you got to be careful of the snake oils. Yeah. and It's ruining the field, man. And there's so much... There's technicians out there that come from there and go to an honest shop and start doing those things as well. Yeah, That's and it can ruin a shop's... You know, one bad technician can ruin a shop's mm-hmm. reputation. Reputation. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in this field... That's kind of all you have is you have your reputation. You're either a good shop that does honest work for a decent price or you're a swindler that's going to have to do the job four times to get it right. And I mean, it's hard to, you know, it's easy to ruin a good reputation, hard to take yeah. back a bad one. And it's real black and white like that. Like, I feel like that's it. There's no There's guys who are really on and like they're serious about the work and they hate guys who do this stuff wrong and make yes. us have a bad look and then you got guys that don't give a damn yep and they're just doing and they they can't make money but the reason they do that is i feel like those guys are the ones that um came into this field for the wrong reasons yes they came into this field like i look at every car like it's my grandmother's car i mm-hmm. damn sure don't want that car to leave and it will fall off or whatever yes. and it be on my name yep. not not to mention my dealership's name my not your name so it's very important. Like I put that stuff on my name, you know what yeah. I mean? And, and another thing to go along with that point is regardless of your shop name, your name amongst your coworkers and your, your colleagues is a thing too because they're not going to want to come behind you and work on stuff if they think you don't know what you're doing and you're going to screw up the car or they don't want to, you know, 
test drive a car that you fixed mm-hmm. or go talk to a customer about a car that you fixed. You know, you can ruin your name amongst your own shop mm-hmm. very easily by putting out subpar work and leaving bolts mm-hmm. loose and having comebacks after comeback after comeback. You don't want that type of stigma. You want you to be on par with everyone else. And to me, on par means you're a one-and-done mechanic. You mm-hmm. you fix a problem one time, and it's fixed. It comes, Yeah, it comes in broke, leaves yeah. fixed. Exactly. And, I, and one thing I think you missed, but you probably was going to hit, is uh, the service riders. Um, I know you were talking about that, yes. but like, I'm going to talk about service riders specifically, man. Like, if you start being that person that's the comeback kid, that everything's a comeback, or it's just... You, what you're doing is you're destroying your reputation, but now the service rider has to deal with that angry customer, and so they're going to get to where they tell the dispatcher, "Hey, don't I don't want him. this to go to go to him." Yeah, don't give don't give me or give him any of my tickets. And that's the bad thing, you know. Like, I'm not saying it's necessarily unwarranted all the time, but especially in a dealership world where a you know one or two service riders have seven or eight techs they can choose from, if you start bringing in subpar work. That is automatic way to get froze out and starved out. Mm-hmm. Is they will just quit sliding tickets your way, and you'll see everybody else around you turning wrenches, making money, and you're sitting there twiddling your thumbs, mm-hmm. waiting for an oil change to pop up or something. Yeah, you know, begging for work. So that is a real thing too. And it's not just dealerships; it's all shops. But if if it's a thing where you have more service riders than you do take, or excuse me, more technicians than you do service riders, that is going to develop. Is they're going to have guys that they know can get the work out in a timely manner and get them paid, keep their customers happy, all that good stuff. And the guys that take twice as long, have the comebacks, they're going to start skipping over those guys. Mm-hmm. It's just nature of the business. And I found that those guys are the ones that we call uh, shop hoppers. They go from one shop to the next, and they don't realize that it's them. Self-awareness is a huge thing, man. Oh, yeah. you got to know when you're the one fucking up. Mm-hmm. And um, they never do. They just blame it on, like, it's yeah. always the shop's problem. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, man... They don't like you because you're fucking up. Yeah, and I'm I'm big about taking personal accountability. If you screw up, step up and be like, yeah, that was me. You know, there's no excuse for it. Can't say, oh, I was sick or, mm-hmm. you know, I just found out my girlfriend left me that day. or It doesn't matter. You're thinking, you're dealing with someone's life. When you're working on their car, yeah. it's one of the easiest. I've always said for years, the two people in the world that can kill you easiest and make it look like a mistake are your cook and your mechanic. Both of them can kill you, and it will look like a mistake. That's a good sign. I've not heard that. You know, that's two people in the world you don't want to piss off as your mechanic or your cook. Yeah. It's all about responsibility, man. you got to take that. That's hilarious, though. That's funny. I've said You don't want to piss them off. Oh, yeah, bud. You don't want to piss them off. But, yeah, just take take personal accountability. You know, I take it personally when I screw up something or if I, I miss something or, you know, any little thing that goes wrong, I feel bad about it. Personally, I'll sit there, I'll think about it when I go home, like, damn, I can't believe, you know, I missed that, or ah, how in the hell did I leave that bolt loose, or how did I do this or that? Mm-hmm. And it bothers me, and I have to sit there and think about what what did I do to make that mistake, and what can I do in the future to not make that mistake again, mm-hmm. regardless of the situation. And that's how you get better. That's how you get to our level from a beginner, is because you learn from your mistake, and then it becomes your mantra. It becomes your... Yes. It becomes... you something you check every time you know oh, yeah. what I mean it oh, just yeah. becomes like you learn from your mistakes you're going to have mistakes but you need to make those mistakes worth your while exactly by learning from them and one of the things that I've I've tried to teach younger guys that I've seen in the field is if you're not a hundred percent without a doubt certain you tightened a bolt or you you know got something put back together right 
take the five minutes, 30 seconds, however long it takes, go over there, put a wrench on it, make sure it's tight. Mm -hmm. Go over there, you know, put your eyes on it, shine a flashlight on it, make sure it's right, make sure it's put together correctly. Because that five minutes you took could save you five hours down the road. Yeah. Because you go out, that thing, that part fails, or, you know, something comes apart on you, you've now got more damaged parts, you've got mm -hmm. more time invested, you've got more things to fix, and you're not going to get paid to do it a second time. Really not. If it comes back on you, that's your that's your baby. You get to that eat point. that, yeah. You get to eat that. Yeah, intuition's a big thing. Like it will cross your mind. Mm -hmm. You need to go and make sure you check that out. No, oh, yeah. I can't tell you how many times that I've saved my own ass that way. Something mm -hmm. caught my mind. Hey, did I do that? Go check. And I'm like, oh nope, I sure didn't. Yeah. Like or think about you know did I you know did I leave that tool in there? Go back and it's like laying there on the cowl mm -hmm. or, you know, laying on top of the engine, a wrench or a flashlight or whatever you may have left, pair of pliers, it's things like that, you know, not only are you losing a tool, but that could fall into the belt train and then get flung through the it radiator the and then you're all, you know, you're in a bunch of hurt there. So yeah. just, you'll be so happy in the end to go back and actually check your work if you have any doubts in your mind. I can't tell you how many times I've put a car on the ground, started filling it with oil and then stopped. Reach underneath the car, check the drain plug one more time. And it's tight, but you just don't remember doing it. You want to check. Take that extra 30 seconds to save yourself so much heartache and money in the end. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I've actually ran out to the wash, and then the guys are like, what are you doing? I like got underneath the car to touch the drain plug, make sure. Just because in my head, it was tight every yeah. time. But in my head, I just didn't have that mental memory uh, of that bolt. tightening it. And I was like, man, I got to. I got to go check real quick. See, that's... that's um, Drain plug's one of them huge ones, man. Yeah, it's huge, man. I mean, it's so simple and easy to overlook. And, you know, especially if you've got two guys working on the same car. Especially that's an Express. Part, an Express, man. that's the worst thing is because you always think, oh, well, you know, the other guy took care of it. The other guy did it. Man, I've gone back and gone behind guys so many times. You know, uh, air pressures and tires weren't checked. Fluids weren't checked. Um you know, you're supposed to do a little multi-point, check the filters and check the wiper blades. And the wiper blade completely missing the rubber mm -hmm. element. And they're just like, yeah. oh, no, it's checked good. Yeah. It'll take the five minutes to check. It just, uh, it messes with your routine, too. Like, you know, I haven't been an express guy in a long time. But this happened to me while I was a mechanic. Yeah. The only time I've ever had a wheel fall off. Or mm -hmm. it almost fell off. It, like, yeah. clumped, you know what I mean? Yeah. It got stuck, which is a whole lot easier than if it falls off and everything. And it happened in our base. It was fine. But I had a guy, and for some reason, he wanted to help me rotate, which is fine. I thought that he put on the other side, like actually finished up the other side. Because my routine is, I don't, and and I don't, I don't promote this, okay? If you don't know what you're doing, don't do it this way. People look at me sideways when I do it this way. I do not put the lug nut on my finger. I put it in the gun and go when I've never had one cross it. But that's, I, I have a feel for it, okay? Yeah. It's just something I do. But the lug nuts were not there. Mm -hmm. I thought he had tightened it down. Mm. Made it to the wash, but when they pulled back through the wash, one of the wheels went boom, you know what yeah. I mean, and got stuck. Luckily, it got stuck and didn't fall off. But that's the only time I ever had that happen is because there was a miscommunication because there's two people working on the same car. Mm -hmm. So I know you have to do it in Express, man, but and it's, it's tough. While we're on that subject, Express guys, if you got some Express guys listening to this, I can't stress enough. Get a feel for what you're doing. Get a feel for the car driving in, how it feels pulling it into the bay. You may be only pulling it 20, 30 feet, but get a feel for it. If it feel, the steering feels tight or feels loose or if something doesn't feel right, the car misfires slightly or the transmission feels like it slips, anything like that, make note of it. Because when you go to pull out, you're usually going to drive further 
taken away from the bay than you will coming into the bay. Because mm-hmm. you're going to have to drive it around to wash or drive it around to pull it back to the service drive or whatever. So, you know, if you're doing a rotate, feel for that. You know, sh- turn the wheel back and forth a few times. See if that tire is loose or tight. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we all make mistakes. We all have leave bolts loose, whatever like that. But a good mechanic someone that actually knows their work and knows what they're doing can trust their, their own intuition. Mm-hmm. You can feel that wheel being not right. Mm-hmm. You can feel some looseness there. Stop, lift that tire back up, make sure those lugs are tight. Put a, a lug wrench on it if you have to. If you have a cordless impact, go cordless impact on it. Just yeah. see, make sure, take the five minutes. Yeah, yeah. you just gotta mind your PCQs on that. Mm-hmm. That's just, to me, that's just being on point, just staying on point. Yes. Um, being your your head being at work, you know what I'm saying. And otherwise, what else are you thinking about? You yeah. know, when you're doing that, like keep your head in the game. You know what I mean. Like if you stay focused, you won't miss things like that. It's the people that their mind wanders. Yeah, that that happens to, or you just simply don't know they what don't you're care. doing. Yeah, or you yeah just don't care at all. They don't t- they don't look at it that serious, man. And this is a serious business. I mean, these are thirty thousand dollar machines you're working yeah. on, and these are people's. You know, livelihood, you know, a lot of people use their car for work or most, almost everybody uses their car to at least get to work. Get their family around uh-huh. all that stuff. And, you know, not to mention, like, that's probably the second largest purchase they'll ever make in their life a lot of exactly. times. Most people. Exactly. You know, that's, that's, to them, that's a big purchase. Yeah. To everybody <laughs> that is. You know what I mean? And you, if you, you know, all it takes is leaving a drain plug loose or what have you and... And we got some problems. Yeah. A lot yeah. of, you know. Yeah, I've seen it time and time again. People leave drain plugs loose or uh, put the wrong filter on a car or whatever have you, and the oil drains out while the customer's driving down the road, and then now you're at a $5,000 engine repair. Yeah. You know, for yeah. something that the part costs $2 if you have to replace the drain yeah. plug or 2 or $3 for a filter, and just that little bit of thinking and a little bit of awareness yeah. kind of saved all that. Well, so to segue out of that, man, um, right into another point I had is what do you, so there's there's levels, right? So that's like the Express and stuff. And like we see the most issues in Express usually, right? With like quality control and that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, there's really good ones and then there's people who just don't give a damn and it's a job for them. Yep. Do you think that some kind of different, this is just something that I've been thinking about, some kind of different pay scale or some kind of different pay way would change that. Does pay change the quality of the work, do you think? Well, of course, you know, the old adage has always been true, you get what you pay for. Yeah. Uh, so if you're offering somebody, you know, 8 $9 an hour, that's the type of quality person you're going to get. You want the minimum wage, you're going to get the minimum amount of skilled work. Yeah. Um, so that's something that that I've also struggled with over time to get where I am now is, Finding someone who's willing to pay you what you're worth. Not everybody is going to be ASC certified master tech. Not everybody's going to be that. But you've got other guys in that shop who are going to do things that are not necessarily looked at as valuable, but they are. Um, Guys that will come in early, guys that will stay late, that are part Mm -hmm. of the team, that are there to know that everybody's going to go home and eat, not just a few. Um, your guys like your, um, your porters and your service riders, they're important people. You know, a lot of people bitch, all they do is drive cars or Mm -hmm. all he does is sit up there and write tickets, but it's a big difference because I know a lot of mechanics that cannot deal with the general public. They don't have the tact to, they don't have the patience, they don't have the ability to talk to a person that doesn't know about cars, Mm -hmm. like they're not stupid. Um, 
So there, there's ways to calculate your worth that don't necessarily have to be your physical ability. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you look at a pay scale for a technician, you know, yeah, obviously minimal, minimal skills, minimal knowledge will equate to minimal pay. But give them the incentive to want to learn. Yeah. Just tell them, hey, you know, we could take you in here and start training you. You may suck for a little while. You may get a little less pay. But once you get through that training period and you think you're ready, then we can bump you up to the mm-hmm. next level. You get better pay and learn more and do more. And so the ability to learn, the ability to grow is a huge thing. And as far as mechanics go, the importance of techs who have been in the field mechanics who know what they're doing be willing to teach and coach the younger generation is crucial Mm -hmm. it is so disheartening it is so ridiculous and unneeded for someone that has the knowledge and the ability to not want to teach and further someone else like you're not it's not going to cost you anything it's not going to slow you down Mm -hmm. that much let them shadow you let them learn from you teach them what you're doing as you go Especially if you, um, you know, you're a shop foreman or something like that, and one of the techs comes by, hey man, I'm having trouble diagnosing this. You know, walk them through what you're doing. Don't just go over there and diagnose it for them. Walk them through what you're doing. Show them how to get to the same conclusion you're getting to. Show them what you did to get there. What parts you tested. How you knew to go to those parts. Because mm-hmm. some of these guys, it's not the fact that they don't want to do the work. It's that they literally just don't know, mm-hmm. and they're scared to ask because they don't want to seem stupid. Right. I've been that guy. I've learned to get over that, and if I don't know, you have a wealth, almost any shop, you have a wealth of information. You have your all datas and your Mitchell Pro 1s and your Identifixes. You have YouTube, you have Google, you have car forums. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other people in your shop, the other technicians, they're a wealth of information because you never know who's run across a problem, mm-hmm. especially if you're in a, a dealership world where it's just one type of car. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, For you, it's Nissan. Yeah. You may get a Ford come in there that you have no idea what you're doing with this Ford. You know, you can't figure it out. There may be a guy who came to Nissan from Ford, mm-hmm. and he walked right over there and, oh, that's this. We've yep. done that a thousand times. I've seen times. that, yeah. I've seen that before. And then he'll explain to you, this is what it is, this is what it does, why it does it. Now you know. Mm-hmm. That's that's knowledge you now have that you can pass on to someone else. Your neighbor may say, hey, man, you're a mechanic. You mind listening to my truck? And it's doing the same thing you realized a week mm-hmm. ago. And you're like, hey, I just learned it. It's this. Mm-hmm. I've done that a bunch. That scenario has happened to me a bunch of times. Oh, yeah. People see you in a uniform, they'll stop you and ask you a question at the gas station. Yeah. And I think that's the thing with that. I think it's huge. Um, There's some kind of ego in the shop, man. And I think it goes both ways, though. Mm -hmm. Let me explain. One way is uh, they're afraid to approach the technician, the master, or whatever, because he's going to chop your head off. And he does. He just doesn't, he's just tired of young guy I've seen it before where they're just busted and, and they're jaded you don't want to talk to those guys anyway yeah. but they're jaded and they just don't want to help man they just don't want to help They, I don't know what the deal is they complain about no new mechanics coming in but they just don't want to help nobody yeah they're not trying to further the advancement yep and then you've got the ego block that what I had when I started where I didn't it wasn't an ego that I thought I knew it all I didn't want to destroy the facade that I did know you know what I'm saying like I didn't I was trying to earn my keep, right? So I was putting on this facade that I knew so much because I was trying to earn my keep and I didn't want people to think less of me because I thought, A, I might lose my job because cover's blown. Well, even though, you know, I was a really good tech, but I was just trying to make sure these people weren't taking shots at me. But it's not even that way. The field's not that way at all. But you're just afraid to ask. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, you have an ego because 
you're afraid to ask because you don't want to sound like you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. But I found that if you're, you know, and not every technician you come across will be willing and apt to help you out. There are some out there who are just done and over it and don't want to learn, don't mm-hmm. want to teach. They just, let me do my work, leave me alone, don't bother me. Want to work, go home. Yeah, and there's some guys that are just like that. It's just nature of the beast. But for the most tech, or for the, excuse me, for the most part, most technicians will at least give you some pointers, at least show you how to get to where you need to go. Um, As long as you're not pushy and as long as you're not coming to them not retaining information they give you. If you come ask them the same question about the same problem, Ten times in a row, they're eventually going to quit telling you because, dude, mm-hmm. I've already shown you. You're not learning. You're not applying what I'm showing you. You're not yeah. learning. You're not getting better. And the same thing goes with making mistakes, leaving bolt loose, or you know, you know, not putting something to spec or whatever the case may be. If that car comes back on you, you have to eat that time, or possibly eat the cost of a new part, whatever it is. Learn from that. Learn from that. Take it so you don't do it again. It's. I mean, the same with, you know, the history books in, in school. You can't erase history because that's our knowledge of how not to repeat it. Right. The same thing with mechanicing. Same thing with, with you know, in the in the field today is if you make a mistake, even if it costs you, that's you buying knowledge. You've just bought knowledge because now you know what you can and cannot do in that situation. You know how to avoid it so that you don't have to take that same time to fix it again. 100%. That's great. That's great, man. That's great stuff. So let me ask you something. Knowing what you know now, use the knowledge that you know now. You know, because obviously you would do it the same if you didn't have the knowledge you know now. Yeah. Knowing what you know now, having the knowledge you know now, if Ben was just now getting into the mechanic field, how would he go about that? How would he start out? What would he do? Um... Definitely, if I'm just now starting the field, definitely try to um, go around the shop, make friends with the guys, talk to them, get to know them, and you will find out the guys that you can trust, the guys that are going to be helpful to you and and want to help you succeed, and you'll find the guys who are just there for a paycheck and leave me alone when we go home. Um, If you were just starting in the field, I would say, you know, Find you a good quality set of starting tools, um, whether they be hand-me-downs from a dad or an uncle or a grandpa, or if you got to take out a small loan from the bank for you know fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars, and go buy you the essential good stuff. It doesn't have to be off a truck, mm-hmm. but at least buy stuff that is not a cheap Chinese tool that's going to break the third time you use it. Mm-hmm. You need something that you can depend on to be there, time in, time out. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying that those cheap Chinese tools don't have a place. You know, you can have a great set of, you know, for lack of a better term, truck tools, mm-hmm. or tool truck tools, um, like your Snap-ons, your Mac, Maco, things like that. Mm-hmm. And those are great tools, great quality. Not saying you can't find that quality at a department store or mm-hmm. Amazon or whatever. Right. But if you find a deal and it's some cheap sockets and it's a good deal, as long as you're not using them as your everyday it's always good to have a backup of everything. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're ten, you're good ten, 10 millimeter breaks, and that tool truck's not coming by till Monday, and it's Tuesday. That cheap Chinese ten millimeter will get you by for a week. It will. It may not be it. the best thing in the world, but it'll get you by for a week. Mm-hmm. You know, until you can get a hold of that tool truck, maybe meet him somewhere until he comes back around next Monday to swap your socket out yeah. for you. Um, 
And while we're on the subject, you cannot have enough 10 millimeters of anything. Wrenches, sockets, deep wells, short wells. If you see a 10 millimeter, buy it. You're going to need it. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Snaplin came by. I don't know if he came by the all. He had like a set of assorted 10 millimeters. Uh, we actually had, it was had a rep from uh, AutoZone bring us a set from AutoZone. That's they wild. had just different sizes, different drives, and different lengths of 10 millimeters. It was just 10 millimeter everything, bro. Mm-hmm. I loved it. The only thing they didn't have was a magnetic deep well 10. I'm like, man, that's what you're missing in this mm-hmm. kit, man. That's what you're missing. But anyway, you know, I'm sure somebody else would say something else. But so you you get a you get a nice set of tools. You can find a, you can find it anyway any way you want to do it. Like I said, get along whatever. Uh, hit up garage sales any way you can find it. Just get you a good set. Do your research. I have a video on uh, our YouTube channel where I talk about like the top ten tools you should get starting out. Yeah. Just wanted to get your advice on that. Um, you know that. Is there any kind of certs or anything you would use to get you in the door? Would you Would you go to college or would you not? Me personally, uh, seeing what I've seen in the field, Stevie, you're almost the exception here. Uh, I've only seen two or three guys that I know have actually gone to a some type of uh, school for mechanics that's not more than just a one semester course mm-hmm. um, that have actually come out knowing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Most guys I've seen go in there and they're great with book knowledge. They're great with retaining information, but they have no clue how to actually apply it in the field. And they wind up, you know, they come out, they have this, they take out a huge loan and buy the big snap-on toolbox with all the snap-on brand tools. So they're already, you know, $50,000 in debt with all Mm -hmm. these tools and tool stuff they think they need starting out. And, you know, they go, might get them a job at a dealership as a master tech or whatever. Then they start getting the work that they haven't actually performed yet. Mm -hmm. They haven't done. They don't know the ins and outs. They don't know the secrets. They don't Mm -hmm. know the shortcuts. They don't know... The exact diagnostic to where if it is this code for this car means this exactly every Mm -hmm. time. No fail. You don't even have to worry about Mm diagonal. They don't know that yet. So they're going to spend the two hours diagonal that car when you could have just went and asked your neighbor. And he said, oh, no, man, that code means this. Five-minute diagnosis. Mm -hmm. You're done. Mm -hmm. You don't know. Use your information. Use your wealth of knowledge. There's so much in your shop that a lot of guys don't realize. And not... Not every tech you ask is going to know the answer to that question, mm-hmm. but ask around. Ask guys, especially guys that you know that have worked in different shops, not necessarily your shop popper guys, but guys that you know, oh, well, he was a Ford tech for 15 years, and he came over here, and he's been a you know Nissan tech for 10, mm-hmm. or you know this guy just moved from a different city where he worked on Dodge, and mm-hmm. now he's here working on Nissans, or whatever it is. You never know what someone's come across. Mm-hmm. And you know, especially, I've been in the used car business for a long time, mostly doing used cars. The knowledge you get, the wide ver- variety and vast knowledge you get from that is almost, you can't put a price on it. Because you can help so many people, friends, family members, things like that, with their own personal vehicles, and you can make decent side money doing it as well. No, oh, yeah. Um, That's an avenue. Yeah, and I mean, think about it. You don't have to pay someone to fix your car. You don't have to pay someone to fix your mom's car, your wife's car, girlfriend's car, whoever. auntie, uncle, whoever, you know, neighbors. There's people I've worked with at separate jobs that wind up calling me for something for mechanics, mm-hmm. and I wind up working on their car. You And that's another thing as far as your owning up to what you did and, and taking accountability for things is your name travels that way too through people you know your side jobs and things like yeah. that 
You do a crap job, they're not going to recommend you to their family. They're not going to bring you other cars they have. You do yeah. a good job, oh, well, my wife's car's acting up. Oh, well, my mom's car's been doing yeah, something It opens here. up the window big time. It opens yeah. up the door, whatever you want to say. And that's just another avenue. And that's, I mean, I hate saying it. Government's not listening, I hope. That's, <laughs> that's tax-free money. That's cash in your pocket. You don't have to report that. That's your money. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you charge a decent wage to people and, and do a good job for them, you'll, you'll have a wellspring that really won't run dry there. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, that's just the nature of cars, man. Yep. Things are going to happen, and they're going to want – that. that's why they come to you is because they want a better deal than they would get at a shop. So, exactly. But that's and, a whole other podcast in itself, man. And a lot of people there look at it strictly as, you know, I don't know the guys at the shop, or I don't know the guys at the dealer, but I do know Stevie, mm-hmm. and he's my friend. You know, he's my buddy. Yeah. He's, my, he's my cousin. He's my neighbor. I trust him. They trust you, and they, yep. they people want to spend money locally. Mm-hmm. You know, it. it's not really a business, but – a lot of people would much rather pay their friend or their neighbor or their, mm-hmm. their family member to fix their stuff. Absolutely. Scratch each other's backs. Okay. Yes. Or, you know, like say I've seen guys where, you know, one dude fixed cars while the other dude helped him fix his plumbing. I've mm-hmm. seen guys trade off like that in, in this business mm-hmm. hundreds of times. I've done it myself. I like this stuff, man. It's, I call it kind of like bartering. I it like is a bartering stuff. system, and it's it's something that's it's been true. lost for many man, years. Man, I'm telling you, it needs to make I, a comeback. I really wish it would make a comeback. 100%. It's It's such a... It's so much more resourceful than this paper money. It is, and it's economy boosting because it builds a community and builds a, a fellowship mm-hmm. between people and people that who normally might not have met and normally might not have that connection. Yeah, 100%. So, but you're you're in the school of thought that really, you you're more more or less wasting your time with a with a UTI or a Lincoln Tech or something like that. Uh, not necessarily wasting your time because I mean, if you get the information, it's good. You just have to be the type of person that can put it into can real world it, use. Yeah. You know, anybody can retain information to take a test. Um, yeah. But there are people, like I said, Stevie, you're one of the few exceptions that I personally met that come yeah. out of a, a mechanic type schooling that is able to put it into use and is able to take that knowledge and make a living with it. Right. Well, I'm kind of, I'm actually kind of in the same school of thought as you now these days, looking back, uh, when I give people advice, I I wouldn't change anything, you know what I'm saying, Mm -hmm. with with my career. I feel like I learned a lot, but I have a different learning style than a lot of people that are interested in mechanics. Mm Mm-hmm. You, would, would you agree that I'm a little bit different than a lot of people you met in the car world? You are way more, um, you're way more keeping up with the trend and keeping up with the technology. You like to know what's going on and what's coming out and stuff like that. And you usually know more than most of the guys in the shop as to what's fixing the change and what's coming to you because you like to stay ahead of the curve. Yeah, I do study that. But basically what I was saying is like most people in this field, they are hands-on learning style. And you oh, do yeah. get a little bit of that. You tell you just don't get enough. You don't get enough repetitions. Yeah. You get to do it one time. Oh, yeah. And that's not enough. Um, but that's what I'm saying is if it were me, if if I was telling me back when I was a kid, of course I'd still tell me to go because that's how I learn. I can learn like that and I can retain that knowledge. I can I can do something just by watching somebody else do it or them tell me how to do it. I can handle stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of people can't. They got to get their hands on it. Yeah. I would tell those people, majority of the people that are mechanically inclined or want to become a mechanic, you got to do it the way you did it, man. You've got you're just going to have to work your way up. You're not going to waste your time and you're not going to waste your money mm-hmm. at a college, okay? Because what happens to those people is they still like to like call. They still like that. They still like working on cars and stuff, but they can't do it because they've got this uh, student loan from this yeah. thing, and they're having to start out as a lube guy anyway. 
Yep. Even though they have all this stuff, because yeah. most people don't trust people that come from technical schools, mm-hmm. because of what you said, everybody's usually in the same school thought you are. Yes. I'm a big exception. I would agree. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I'm an exception on that. So you're gonna have to work your way up anyway. You might as well go ahead and get started and save your twenty, thirty grand. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and just get started. Put that money into tools. And yep. Let's get going. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. just work your way. But you gotta grind. You can't sit there in an oil change spot for six months to a year. You can you can do that. What I'm saying is you can't sit there and then pout and get stuck in that route and go, this is just what I do. This is what oil change. You got to stay in the service manager's ass about, hey, dude, I want to be a tech. Like, this yeah. is serious. I'm trying to get underneath somebody and learn some shit and, for the, and do this for a living. For the lube tech guys out there, don't think that, you know, they're just going to come to you one day and be like, all right, man, let's try you as a tech. No. They want to see you walking around that shop when you got dead times and you're over helping the other techs do stuff. You're learning. You're seeing how things come apart. You're over there talking to their technicians, getting knowledge, helping them out, going and getting them tools, going and emptying their oil bucket for them or whatever, doing stuff to help that shop as a team. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's a, a flag time shop, hourly shop, whatever, commission based, you know, they want to see you not sitting on your ass playing on your phone. They want to see you having a drive and a willingness to learn and mm-hmm. a willingness to work. That they can transfer over into that yes. into a mechanic. They can say, Oh, this guy has a hard work ethic. Mm-hmm. Let's let's see how he does. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's it's just like that. It's literally like that. And you're gonna learn and then also if you're helping mechanics and stuff, whether it be a brake job or what have you, and they like how you did it and you put their tools back and all that good stuff, they're gonna say, Hey, you know, when's this guy coming up? Or you know, yeah. they're gonna put let's see if maybe work. we can make him an apprentice or a helper, and that will give you more knowledge yeah. and the ability to learn while getting paid to learn. That's how I've had all my apprentices is because mm-hmm. I've had them help me do something. Like, man, let's I like see. This guy. Yeah, I like this guy. Let's see if he's interested. Boom, they come up. So that you know, that's how you're gonna get it. You're not. You may, but you're usually not going to get. They're not going to ask you to come up. No. You're gonna have to show interest. Stay on them showing interest, not just show interest one time. And because I hear that from people all the time. Oh well, I told them when I got started that I wanted to be a tech. Yeah, That's not good enough. They forgot, bro. Yeah. You got to go in there and remind them every week if you want to. Mm-hmm. You just got to stay on the grind. And like you said, be relevant. Be around. Be everybody seeing you all the time. Mm-hmm. If it's, if you just stay over in your express corner, technicians aren't going to see you. Mm-mm. Chances are nobody else is seeing you, bro. Yep. And you're just literally you can be going forgotten on and lost in the shuffle, really easy. Yeah. And, you got to make yourself noticeable. Yep. You got to put yourself out there. And then you get pissed when the guy that comes in, like me, and 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 keeps telling him about it, keeps talking about it, moves up before you, and you've been there longer. Yeah. You can't get pissed at that because you're just sitting over there chilling out on your phone when there's no, when there's nothing to do. Yeah, you're waiting for goodness to come to you instead of going out there and grabbing it. You yeah. can't do that. Even you know this it was the same thing a hundred years ago as it is today. The people that that you know are going to go out there and work for it and grind and try to push for better things are going to be the people that get the better fruit that's it that's just all it is you know it comes down to work ethic man you know I, I talked about this in my first episode man and you know me you've seen me you've met me I mean you met me a long time ago you've known yeah. me you've seen me go through some changes oh yeah where um, I was looking I, I'll even say it man I was looking for a get rich quick scheme I was trying to like I was trying to get out of the field yeah. I was looking for Fast money and all this stuff, man. And, you know, mechanic work aside, man, anything in life, bro, you've got to have a fucking work ethic and you got to work your ass off to get it. Exactly. I realize that, bro. Nothing's going to be given to you. Oh, yeah. There's nothing easy out there. There's no such thing. Easy money come, goes easy, too. I've, yeah. I've learned that. So Name name one person that's won the lottery that you still hear relevant and has money. Yeah. 
They all blow it. Yeah. No, nobody knows quick. these people. Who, who are these They're people? They're gone. Um, so that's the thing, man. You, regardless, like if, if I can say anything else, this is what I'd say. Work your ass off, man. Whatever you do. Whatever it is. If it's flipping burgers at Sonic, bro, flip them burgers better than anybody in that fucker. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That, that's just me. That's, yep. just, that's just how I look at everything I do. I try to do my best or I don't do it at all. Yep. Now, sometimes I get paralysis of analysis, what I like to call it, where like, like right now on the front porch, I, like, uh, I'm actually like, you know, been talking to my stepdad because I've got the blueprint and everything. I want to make sure it's right because I don't want to have to build it twice. Exactly. And so I'm kind of in paralysis, but not really because I'm on the point where it's about to be go time, mm-hmm. but I just want to make sure it's right before, my head is right before I do it. And there's nothing wrong with doing your research <laughs> and getting prepared. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I'll be in the middle of working on something and I'm kind of stuck on it. And, you know, five o'clock whistle blows, time to go home. But, you know, you're still thinking about it. And, you know, you're researching it when mm-hmm. you get home. You Google, it's more than Google just a job to you, man. Yeah, you check out some YouTube videos. So out. that when you show up on, you know, the next day, whether it be Monday or it's the next day, whatever it is, when you show up, get ready to work on that job again, you're not coming into it blind and just as confused as you mm-hmm. were the day you left it. You now have more of an attack plan. You're ready. You now know, hey, da-da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't make you less of a tech to look to others for knowledge or look to Google and YouTube and whatever for knowledge. I can't tell you how many times I've sat a YouTube video on my phone up on the cow of the car, stop it every few seconds and go with them taking something apart mm-hmm. because I don't know how it comes apart. Mm-hmm. Instead of breaking it, I'll watch that five minute YouTube video. Yeah. I'll watch it first and then if I'm not if I don't retain it well enough or there's a part I don't remember, go back and watch the video mm-hmm. again and pause it right there at that part and take that little thing apart or, or you know adjust something how they show you to adjust it because these are people that have done it before this is someone who's not new to it that knows what they're doing and they're trying to say hey i want to pass this knowledge on to someone else to help you do it faster to make you more money so that the you know this job becomes Mm -hmm. easier yep and that's the whole point of this this channel man is uh you know cars in general but really man i'm just trying to get the mechanic field thriving again man Mm -hmm. I don't want to see it die. Yeah, and it is in a slump right now with, with the the chip shortage and all these dealers are you know got empty lots mm-hmm. and you know we're in a, we're in a state of flux and I'm hoping it'll it'll tick the nose up a little bit here soon, um, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that at any point you don't have to keep making yourself better, especially if your shop's slow right now. Start learning more, Chuck. Yeah, you know, take that advantage and you know things that you're weak on. Like a lot of people tell me they're weak on electrical. Yeah. Look into that, man. You know, because everybody really knows their weak point. They do. Oh yeah. They, you know your weak point. So look into that. That that's why. I, that's why I, you know you say that I'm like well rounded. I stay ahead. It's because I'm intrigued by it. if it's something I don't know. I'm like hell. I need to figure that out. Yeah. Like I'm excited when exactly. I don't know something. I love a challenge, dude. Like that's what keeps me going is the challenges when I don't know something. Exactly. So. Well, yeah, man. I mean. If we can just get more people interested back into the field, like you're saying, get it thriving again, get people excited about being a technician and try to remove some of the negative stigmas of, oh, you're going to be filthy and you're not going to make any money. Well, yeah, there's the same with anybody. You can be a banker or an attorney or whatever. If you're not a good one, you're not going to make any money. Right. You're not going to have horrible lawyers out there living in mansions. It doesn't work. Yeah. Just like if you're not a good actor, you're not going to be in a bunch of movies. Just, yeah. You know, if you're not a good cook, you're not going to you know, make a bunch of food. Nope. It's, you have to be good at what you're doing. You have to put that effort and that work mm-hmm. ethic in. And this isn't for everybody. You may try this and realize, hey man, this ain't my thing. But hey, you may realize, oh, well, you know, this ain't exactly my thing, but maybe 
going into the parts department, I can, you know, that's more my thing, or the IT department, or yeah, wind up going into engineering. You never know. Yeah, like you realize you like cars, but just working on them is not for you. You can pivot in some way and still use that knowledge that you gained while you were trying that field out. Try things, man. I'm telling you. I don't care if you're 50 years old, 60 years old. Bro, you still have time. To try shit out, dude. I'm yeah. telling you, bro. We're gonna live a long time right now. Like, oh yeah, it's coming down. But so, uh, what was I gonna say? What you were saying? I have a little saying for that, and, and I talk about it all the time because I, I have to tell young people this all the time. You guys want fire before you even put any wood in the fireplace, man. Exactly. Like, you gotta put some wood in that fireplace first before you're gonna get any fire. And and what what that means is like you said, plain and simple, man. Like you gotta put your work in before you're gonna get anything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, hopefully we broke that stigma, man, or trying to break that stigma. is like, if you're listening to this, you can make a living. It's definitely worth your while. You just have to be self-aware and go, okay, you know, I want to use my hand, you know, that type of deal. Mm-hmm. So that's really what it is, man. I, I mean, I think that's really all there is to say about that. And it, it, it's, it, it's the same with anything you're going to try. Like, it's not just, mm-hmm. mechanic, you know, like I'm in a, I've been in a band for many years. The guys that are in bands that do do well are the guys that go in there and practice, 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 and perfect their instruments and perfect their songwriting and get better and mm-hmm. continually make strides. And you don't just stay in that safe lane. You gotta get out there and try new things. You gotta get out there and challenge yourself. The more you do, the more versatile you can become. And not every band started out at the Metallica level. <laughs> Metallica themselves started out in a garage as a bunch of nobodies. That's how it works, yeah. So, you know, and that's the same with, any, you know, sports ath- athletes or famous drivers or, you know, actors. Everybody started out on a beginning level or something. Mm-hmm. That's the way the world works. You don't start out at the top. Yeah, it, it started out, it started out as, a, as a desire or a dream. Yep. And, and it went from there. It could be, you know, like, this is the only job I could find was changing oil. Mm-hmm. Well, then, Cool. Be the best damn oil changer they got. Right. You never know. You might like it. They may move you up to, you know, from there, oh, well, we're going to move you up to tires, and then we're going to move you up to brakes, and then we're going to move you up to, you know, engine flushes, and we're going to move you up to B-level mechanic. Mm-hmm. And you just keep learning and growing and learning and growing and learning. That's and what growing. it's all about, man. And you are never too old to learn. I, I, <laughs> I'm not going to name them, but went to a shop last week. Early in the morning, it's like 8.30. I'm there to get a state inspection for a car. They have... You can kind of tell things are a little uproarious there. And I'm like, what's going on? They're like, man, we just had a tire come off on us a block down the road. Mm. That tells me that technician didn't care. He didn't notice because, I mean, it was not even a block down the road. Next door almost. Mm. So less than 100 feet from where you leave and a tire falls off, you feel that pulling out of the bay. You will feel that. And this guy wasn't a young guy that did it. This guy was in his mid-40s. So that tells you you're never too old to learn. Right. And that to me was just laziness and didn't care. Mm-hmm. So you can't be complacent. You can't be. And you he, get that way though, right? Yeah. And, and this guy hard, had just started way. there. Didn't even have his, you know, his oh, so uniforms had, yet. So he kind of had something to prove. I don't know why I, he was. I couldn't tell you what it was it or happens. why he had to leave a tire yeah. loose first thing in the morning. But yeah, first thing. Just not having his head in the game, hundred percent of it. Yeah. So, yeah, but the moral of that story is, like you said, you got to learn, man. Never too old to, to continue learning. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Man, Stevie, this has been fun, man. We got to do this again. Yeah, 100%, bro. I, th- I think we have more to talk about. I think we've realized that. Definitely, definitely. There's, there's plenty more to talk about. We just have to come up with some more topics, man, and, and pick your brain some more. Um, you know, 
if you're interested. Yes, we, can, we can break down. We can break down tool decisions. Uh, okay. We can have discussions on things. We can do versus things. Whatever you want to do. But and I'd like to hear back from your audience, man. Have them send in some questions and topics that if they want to hear you or me or both of us talk about again. I, you know, I'd love to hear feedback on this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, same here. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to start some discussions, man. You know, comment below if you're on the YouTube channel. Uh, if you're on the podcast, hit us up, leave a review, ask us some questions, man. We would love to answer some questions. I'm sure y'all have some out there. Oh yeah. So don't be shy. Send us some questions, and we'll we'll answer them. May even do some Q and A's if you're interested in that. But uh, yeah, this has been your boy Stevie G and my buddy Ben Stewart. We're out. Later. Later. Hey, thanks for listening to the Seamless Garage Podcast. We really do appreciate it. Uh, If you liked it, make sure you go to follow us on Spotify, Anchor, whatever platform that you are listening to. That way you can always get an update when we post a new podcast. Um, Also, I wanted to let you know we do have a YouTube channel, The Seamless Garage. Um, That's our YouTube channel. On Instagram, there is The Seamless Garage as well. And uh, obviously, this is The Seamless Garage Podcast. Um, also, our individual social media platforms, uh, Derek Blackwell on Facebook, he refuses to do an Instagram or Twitter, so you can't catch him on there, but you can catch me on Facebook, Stevie Gilliland, and also our Facebook page, The Seamless Garage, and we also have a group that you need to join. Um, that way you'll get updates and you can kind of talk with the community. Everybody can talk amongst themselves uh, about the latest content. Uh, same thing on Instagram and Twitter, it's The Real Stevie. Um, and like I said, we have an Instagram for the seamless garage, so go check those out and, uh, thanks for, thanks for listening in and we'll see you on the next one.